Welcome everybody to episode 29 of the Neville Watchers podcast. I am Pete, also a Neville Watcher today, for the series that is anyway. But I am joined by the always Neville Watcher himself, Kurt Lewin. Hello, good evening. How you doing mate? Uh, yeah, very well. I've been consuming some other Marvel content in my spare time with the Guardians of the Galaxy game, which is rather good. Oh good, because I've... um. I've been wanting to play it, but I haven't actually heard anyone I know who's played it, so that's that's quite decent to hear. So, um, what are you enjoying about it anyway? Um, it's uh, the writing in it. I just think's really, really good. Like as good as the film version, if not better. Okay. Um, it's it kind. I know they're not that similar, but it does remind me of Uncharted in terms of its like in the game in the structure of the game and like the characters are like doing quips and how it's written but i think it's actually better than uncharted in how it's written okay um from what i've heard about it it's actually it mirrors the comics more than it does the films so these uh, this iteration of characters is more synonymous to how they were in the comic books so hmm. um you can tell there's a lot of similarities but there's a lot of differences probably as well right yeah, yeah. So that's good. So you're now a real Marvel fan because you're starting <laughs> to verge into other other media. So um, we'll get you on some books soon enough, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're going to pick back up where we left off with uh, WandaVision. So we're going to cover episodes four to six of the, uh, in this episode. So uh, like we did last time, we'll cover each episode in uh, in order. Uh, going through the cast, who wrote and directed, a little bit of trivia, and then some key scenes throughout, and then we'll uh, we won't give a rating on this episode. It will be at the end of the next episode as a series as a whole. So let's just jump straight into episode four. We interrupt this program. So um, uh, the cast list for this one, as per normal, with the vast majority of the series, is Elizabeth Olsen as Wonder. Wanda Maximoff, Paul Bettany as Vision, Catherine Hahn as Agnes, and we've got a couple of other players involved, some new and some returning from the MTU. So we have uh, Tayona Paris as Monica Rambeau, uh, Randall Park as Agent Jimmy Wu, Kat Dennings as uh, Darcy Lewis, and Josh Stamberg as Director Haywood. Uh, I'm going to butcher this name so badly. So this is written by Bobak Esfarjani, and uh, Megan McDonnell. Uh, once again, uh, series was directed by Matt Shapman. So, um, just off the bat, like, did you like this episode? Um, it was the best one so far, but I was still pretty disappointed <laughs> with it. Okay, so th this really is becoming a very slow burn for you, isn't it? Yeah. And spoiler alert, I th kind of thought the same about the next two episodes. Okay, fair enough. So, <laughs> um, I think for me, this is where it starts to actually really pick up. Um, mm. Those first three episodes were a bit middling, but I, I sort of felt like they were your first act, you know? Mm. And sort, sort of plays into the fact that it's a nine-episode series and three episodes in is your first act, how it would normally be in a, in a, in a film. So it sets the scene, but we've obviously got the, the sequelitis problem that I've mentioned before where 
you you don't have a lot of build up with the characters because they're already established so you have that sort of middling area and then it's when they start to introduce some of the mystery here is where i feel it starts to get much better yeah so uh, yeah yeah go on yeah yeah so this episode is more outside of the town focusing on um well, we, we the it opens up with, um, like we're seeing the unblipping happening. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's get into that in a second. I just want to run through a couple of bits of trivia first. So, um, did you know that one of the local cops calls Agent Wu, and this is uh, Jimmy from um, Ant Man and the Wasp, uh, calls him a G Man slang for FBI agent. Uh, in the Marvel comic books, Jimmy Woo was a member of the superhero team G-Men, uh, also known as Department Zero and later renamed Agents of Atlas. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, this is the first episode not to feature a customised theme song uh, intro or a fake commercial. Yeah, also that, that the, makes sense, yeah. Yeah, for the re- it's pretty obvious for the reasons why, because it's not really set in the un this universal TV show, let's say. Mm. Uh, also, the drone helicopter that Monica deploys outside of Westview is painted in the Cap- uh, Captain Marvel's signature red, blue, and yellow colour scheme. So, nice little nod back to Captain Marvel there. Mm. So, and just so that you know, this is Monica, who was the li- the, was the child of um, Maria Rambo in um, Captain Marvel as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just, just in case those who didn't understand so yeah let's let's go back to that first scene where you said the unblip happens yeah and you've got uh, monica she unblips into her hospital bed oh sorry sat next to the hospital bed um where her mum would have been Um, and then she goes running out into the corridor in a panic and eventually finds out that her mum died. What? I think it was, was three it years, pre- three years previously, but yeah. she's been missing for five. Yeah. So, so someone, um, someone recognises her, and they take her like to go to the sword headquarters. Yeah, so this is what I think I was alluding to in the previous episodes where S.H.I.E.L.D. and HYDRA are now gone, but there is another organisation called S.W.O.R.D., but I just could not remember what the what their name was, if I remember. Yeah, Sent- Sentient Weapon Observation and Response Division. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, I just couldn't... Uh, that's what I mean, I couldn't remember from the comics because it had been quite a while since I'd seen that. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so, yeah, someone recognises um, uh, her, Monica, and, yeah, they yeah. go to S.W.O.R.D. headquarters, and we we then meet the acting director of the operation, who who's called Tyler Haywood. Yeah, and he works, he's basically worked alongside Maria Rambo for many, many years setting up S.W.O.R.D., right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he tells her that S.W.O.R.D. had been dialed back um, they've dialed back the astronaut missions that um, Monica used to participate in 
yeah. uh, and they're now focusing on like um, robotics, nanotech, AI, that sort of stuff. Yeah, so moving moving more into technological advancements on on Earth rather than actually expanding the scope of the universe. Yeah. Um. So, well, for a start, this was one of one of the problems I had with um with this episode yep. is in that so she's come back via the unblippening. Yep. And I think I know it's a TV show, and you've only got. 25 minutes per episode but she seemed to be accustomed to the situation pretty quickly Mm. well I I would say that she was and she wasn't in certain respects like she's running around like as if like she's not I think she's a woman on a mission because she's like where the hell's my mum like and that and then people start sort of appearing in front of her and knocking her over and that's when I think she starts to realise then, but it does. But she's so one track focus about finding out where her mum is that she doesn't really think about it until someone says, "Yeah, but you've been missing for five years," and she goes, "Oh." And it's like, hmm. You you would sort of think that because you know, for them, it's exactly what um I think was mentioned in Endgame, wasn't it? It sort of felt like five minutes to them, or yeah, it was. Sorry, it's Ant Man who mentioned it in in endgame where he's in the quantum realm and he says you know it's been five years but to him it felt like five minutes so i would imagine mm. the blip has sort of felt like the same to those who were who were dusted or blipped out of existence that it didn't feel like any time at all so they for all they know they're just nothing's happened and they've you know they've been there the whole time but they, they don't realize it's been five years yeah i get that but a she doesn't would we don't really see her grieving over a mum other than in the hospital for about 10 seconds or whatever and yeah. then um, she's taken sword headquarters and then it's like nothing's happened yeah well, now I think this might be something that will potentially come up again in a future movie and I think that future movie will probably be the Marvels which is um, the Captain Marvel sequel. Right. Because I think there will be some questions in there from uh, Carol herself to find out where the hell Maria's gone. Hmm. And that'll be where she she might have this moment of actual grieving. Right. So, but I, I think it's, it's another one of these situations where it's like with Maria, like with um, uh, like Peggy Carter before that, they sort of forget about their pain for the betterment of the organisation. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, after she's met the um, Brian Haywood, not sorry, not Brian Haywood, sorry, um, Tyler Haywood. Yeah. Um, she's be- like put on a mission to work along, go and meet this FBI contact. Yeah. Um, on the outskirts of this town that's mysteriously disappeared. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. This is where they go up to him and they're like, they ask where the cops are from. And it's like, yeah. from Eastwood. Or Eastview, yeah. sorry. And it's like, what? They, 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 they can't even see a town in front of them. That's just a weird thing about it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was weird and mm. intriguing. Also, 
I do like the character development here with um with Agent Wu and the fact that he's now learned magic. Mm. It's really funny that like that tiny little throwaway thing from Ant Man and the Wasp has now become one of his character like <laughs> key character moments, and it's it's fantastic. Mm. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we we're on the outskirts of the town, and it's yeah you can see the buildings, but it's like they've been erased from reality yeah uh, and this was the point where I started to get an idea of what Wanda might be up to okay and at this moment what was it that you were thinking that was going on well I thought that she'd taken ownership of a town and all of its residents in order to fulfil her own fantasy basically yeah Yeah. fair enough so we won't say you're right or wrong but you know it's i did get that feeling as well and it was sort i think it was sort of it was like a collective moment for the audience it was sort of like yeah i think this is what we feel like might be going on but there could be something else potentially happening but we just don't know yeah yeah because there is the whole there was the whole Hydra aspect in the back of my head mm-hmm. and the fact that Wanda's supposed to be a goodie but yeah. she's it, yeah it wouldn't make sense for her to be effectively holding hostage this whole town for very selfish reasons sure yeah I, I, I get that obviously um, I think you know pain is a pain and misery are quite ridiculous things and they they have quite a detrimental effect on quite a lot of people in different ways so i think this is this is like that turn that she has where it could potentially move her towards the villainous aspect Mm. but i think like even with the the self-contained show segments that you see throughout like the first three episodes you can still see the good in her Mm. so it's sort of that moment where you're just like is she actually going to become a villain from now on or is she or is this just something else going on in the background? That's sort of what I meant. Yeah. So. Right. So later on, we're reintroduced to another character from um, the movies in the from Thor. Uh, Darcy Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's. See, I was happy to see Kat Dennings back actually for this because she was one of the best parts about the Thor movies. Yeah, and she's on form again. In, in here on this show superb mm. like comedic aspect like there wasn't a lot of in, uh, moments of humour but when they were delivered they were delivered by her and very well as well yeah um yeah so she's she's come trying to remember like how she gets there now uh, she's just part of a team I think that just comes along because they just they need a bunch of smart people yeah. And she sort of just wanders her way in. Like, huh, yeah, brilliant, wander. Yeah, not not even clever, that one. Um, she just manages <laughs> to get her way into the building sort of thing and just happens to, to sort of meet up with Jimmy Woo. Yeah. And then they sort of, and then hijinks sort of, the, their little group becomes their little group because um, Sword don't want them involved in any way eventually. Yeah, because she is able to 
identified that there's large amounts of cosmic microwave background radiation coming from the town. Yeah. Um, and then she asked for him to get an old TV, which yeah. I didn't really get. I didn't really get that, to be honest. I didn't... I suppose... Well, I suppose it was because the radiation was maybe mimicking, like, radio... Uh, TV's signals. It's It's fairly possible, but it could have been a way of just outputting that, because maybe she... I think she'd identified that those um, the radiation itself were emitting audio and video signals. Right, okay, yeah. So I think that was a way of sort of just getting that together, like sort of translating that in a way. Yeah, because and when she all- yeah when she does get the TV, um, it is the replaying the episodes of the sitcom that we'd seen in the first three episodes. Yeah, so it starts on the very first episode, doesn't it? So it's basically just essentially recapping what we've seen for for the players in the in this particular moment of the story. Yeah. Now the thing I don't really get here was what. So fair enough, if Wanda's wanting to use this town for her own means, why does she feel the need to make it an American sitcom? Why can't she? be living that life in that town as if it's an American sitcom but why does it need to be presented in a, the manner of an American sitcom if that makes sense I, I get that but um, I'm not really too sure what to say on this one because it is yeah, you could look at it on the angle where um, a lot of people who eventually do go to like America or or to the UK, they say that they learn their English through like American shows or UK or English speaking shows. Mm. So one of the things that could have happened is that she's defaulted to these times when she's watched shows over the years, and it's sort of what she it's the memories that she knows. Or well, I get, yeah, I get I get that, but then why is she why is she dubbing in audience laughter? That's the part I don't really understand either. It's all a bit strange and it's all a bit weird. Mm. And I, I can't really explain that angle of it whatsoever. I'm just... I'm, it, just well, I, to me, it just seems to me a little forced just in order to get the whole WandaVision pre- premise to work. It, it's fairly possible that that could be the case. I, I'm sure there'll probably be some great explanation explanation later on down the series because if they don't explain that aspect of it then this is all sort of going to feel a bit forced Mm. and yes it is strange i do get that like and i don't i i'm sort of a little bit confused as well because we see this in the latest couple of episodes it's like the time jumps that happen as well like so they go from like the 50s 60s to like 70s 80s and then like 90s and 2000s in like the next two episodes after this yeah, it's it's it like it makes no sense really in terms of the time jumps. But no, like, yeah, because like eventually, like by episode six, we're like in the two thousands. Yeah, and on yeah, it's like the time jumps. Like, where's it going to end up? Is it would it end up in like an episode of Futurama or something? Uh, please don't, because I'd love to see that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like, there, 
where where does it come to its natural stopping point or does it yeah. just keep going and going into the future and into an mm. undetermined future yeah or reset oh yeah it could it also could that could be an interesting thing right you know how like um series get cancelled and then they just rerun them <laughs> yeah yeah that could have been so that could be something they could end up doing like later on down the line is that they get to the present day and it's like, oh, we've got nothing else to do. Okay, series is cancelled. Let's rerun it. Well, ba- based, just... based purely on the sitcom aspect of this show, then I, I would have cancelled it. <laughs> I probably would have done as well because it's not that funny of a show. <clears throat> no. Um, so, so uh, yeah. what else happens in the end of this? Is it's it... just. I think we just see we we find out that the the, the residents of Westview are all the characters in the sitcom. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's pretty much it. Um, I think it was there or thereabouts. Wasn't there... Um, yeah, I think there was a thing at the end of it as well. But I cannot remember what the end credits was. With Vision, well, nothing happens in the credits, um, I don't okay. think. But it ends with... Because um, is. Is this the one where there's the... No, it's not. This isn't the one with the pet dog, is it? Um, I think it's episode five that has the dog. Yeah. So, yeah, at the we do go back into the sitcom at the end. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. where... But it's from what we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, of Wanda telling Monica that she's a stranger and when she bl- blasts her through yes 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 and then there's something that happens at the end of it wasn't there there's like a I'm sure there's a brief cameo at the end I wanted to say but maybe it was at the end of episode 5 I might be missing, uh, mixing them up a little bit hmm. so but anyway shall we move on to episode 5 as a result yep so episode number 5 which was called on a very special episode so this one was written by um, Peter Cameron and Mackenzie Doerr. Uh, if I pronounce that incorrectly, I apologise again. So um, outside of the other the other players that I said in the previous episode, uh, we have a couple of new players. So we had Julian H- uh, Hilliard as Billy Maximoff, Jet Klein as Tommy Maximoff, and Evan Peters as Pietro Maximoff. So once again, directed by Matt Shackman. Um, trivia for this one. Uh, this episode's commercial is for Lagos, uh, Lagos um, brand paper towels. The city of Lagos in Nigeria is where Wanda accidentally blew up the building in the beginning of Captain America: Civil War. Mm. Uh, also, Sparky the dog comes from the Vision comic uh, that inspired the show. However, in the comics, it was an android dog. While in this episode, it's a normal one. Mm. Alright, so. Uh, in this one, this it, like you said, it obviously goes back to um, goes back to the TV show like thing, doesn't it? Yeah, and it begins pretty early on with another one of these weird moments. Yeah, well, basically, um, one of the neighbors, Agnes, walk mm-hmm. walks in um, with all the uh, exercise clobber on. Yeah. Um, and the babies are there and basically she there's all there's various all stuff that's not really worth talking about happens but then 
um, Agnes pauses at one point and says, do you want me to do that again? Oh, should yeah, we, yeah. Should we take it from the top? Yeah, because she thinks she's going to get in trouble for like saying something wrong, doesn't she? Yeah. It's, and it's weird. Vision, Vision picks up on it and he's like, he's like, what, what was that all about? Yeah, because um, this is where he starts getting a bit of an inclination that something's wrong, isn't it? Yeah. And he starts sort of going a bit haywire. Hmm. Because Wanda's... She looks confused, but you know that she knows something. something's up. Um, it's almost as if it's like a glitch. Yeah. Um, but she's just saying to Vision, like, because he's saying, what was that all about? she's like um, nothing nothing basically yeah and, and isn't, isn't she using her magic like like more frequently as well yeah yeah and by the end of the episode she's just using it in front of agnes like nobody's business yeah and the kids also grow up from like five years old to like 11 like in a yeah. very short space of time don't they they literally go upstairs and then they come back down and they're like 11 yeah <laughs> and yeah, I think Vision, he definitely knows something's definitely up and he's just trying to figure it out. Yeah, because he sort of starts going a bit more missing, doesn't he? He's not always doing what he's supposed to. Yeah. So, yeah, overall, I'd probably say this fifth episode was my favourite of the... Well, my favourite one so far and of the six. In yeah. That I liked how Vision was becoming more, more curious to the situation. Yeah, because before it felt like he was just a player in this. Like he was mm. like, oh, like he was involved in the whole thing, like, like the um, like uh, the townspeople were. But now it yeah. feels like he's not so much involved in that, and he actually is a free-thinking individual, like he was outside of Westview. Yeah, and I quite like. I quite like the idea that obviously there might be a bit of conflict between the two of them because yeah, exactly. It's yeah. not something we've generally seen since um, Civil War. Yeah, obviously where Wanda was on one side and Vision was on the other, and they have a bit of a bit of a moment where they they, they disagree, and it's nice yeah. to see that sort of side back again because it's all been a bit a bit too nicey nicey, a bit too lovey dovey, and it's like mm. we have to remember the Vision was killed at the end of Infinity War, so. Hmm. What the like? Does he remember that? Does like she clearly remembers something about hmm. it? Obviously, but he he is none the wiser. Yeah. So I'm wondering where this is going to go with his story in that respect. Yeah. So um, so I, I think we'll skip over most of this episode because, like I said, it's just the it's the um the sitcom episode. But it was the big stinger at the end, wasn't there? Yeah, well, I just wanted to make a point of. So we, yeah, we see the kids that they've they're grown up to like ages. Um, I don't know what do you think they are like eight. Um, or let me let me just have a quick look on because I'm sure it says. Oh, five five years old. Yeah, they're so five. they were they were five, and I think they go up to like eleven in one in one of the episodes. I'm sure. I think they are by episode six. I think they're eleven in that. I don't because the. I think in the end of this episode they are still pretty young because they've got the, the dog. Yeah. Because the dog dies. Yes. And which they're is, upset. Which is very sad, of course. Hmm. But um, yeah, I I didn't like these kids. 
I just thought they were annoying. What, the five-year-old versions? Yeah, well, the 11 ones as well, but... I mean, they aren't much better, let's be honest, but... No. You know, take them or leave them. Like, you either like kids or you don't like kids, I guess. I guess, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, they they were... They weren't... Uh, they weren't my favourite part of it, let's say. I'm, I I think they start to improve in episode six a little bit. Hmm. But well, we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, obviously, I mentioned a certain Pietro Maximoff in the cast list. Yeah, so he what appears did... at the end of this one, doesn't yeah. he? What the heck? What did you make of this part, by the way? Uh, it was weird um, because. I was under the impression that Wanda was controlling everything, yeah. bar the odd glitch. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seemed as if she had control over who was in this sitcom, all the different characters and how they'd act. Yeah. So when um, he turned up, she and she was acting just as surprised as anyone else. Well, yeah, she was acting really shocked as well. And it yep. didn't seem as if she was acting. Yeah. Um, yeah, it made me confused. Okay. Uh, there was another question I had with this. Hmm? Uh, did you not at least recognise the fact that it was a completely different actor playing Pietro? I thought that, um, but I, I didn't go and check it myself. But okay. I did think... I knew, I knew it was... Um, Pietro yeah but yeah I didn't um, and I also thought it was a different actor it well it is yeah, it is yeah it is a different actor and I uh, it was Aaron Taylor Joy in um, uh, God in Age of Ultron hmm. now this one is Evan Peters now Evan Peters has been Pietro Maximoff before but right. in X-Men series of films hmm right okay so technically what they've done is they've done a multiverse moment. Hmm. Which is very, very interesting. So I'm not sure not quite sure what kind of repercussions that might have for the larger universe. I I'm not gonna obviously mention Spider Man No Way Home because we already know kind of what happens with that. It's not just because like um the the original guy just wasn't available, was it, or something? No, I f- I actually think this was done intentionally. Right. Okay. So, but I think well, obviously this this will pay off in some way. I reckon towards the end of the series, and we'll find out a little bit more about it. Um, I'm I'm not going to say I'm certain on it. I'm going to say I'm middling on the idea well, that he's he's coming from the multiverse somehow. Well, yeah, because the only thing is, is that Wanda would that that same Wanda would have to be in the X Men film as well in order to recognise him. Yeah, that's true. There wasn't actually a Wanda in the in the X Men films, I don't believe. No. But obviously, we've had a Pietro in in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so she has that inclination of who he is. But I think we'll get more into this with the ep- with the next episode because there is a bit of questions in there, isn't there? Mm. So, episode six, uh, the all-new Halloween spooktacular. So this is their Halloween episode, of course. So um, there are 
no new additions to the cast for this particular episode. There was just uh, more Josh Stamberg as director Hayward, and that was it. So uh, this was written by Chuck Hayward and um, Peter Cameron, once again directed by Matt Shackman. Um, trivia for this one, while filming Age of Ultron, Elizabeth Olsen began to refer to the red magic that comes out of a character's hands as Wiggly Woos in this episode. Pietro calls them by this name. Yeah, I noticed, yeah. Yeah, so the um, this is the first episode of the show to not have a laugh track. Also, yeah. I, got, I got a huge kick out of this because being a huge fan of the series back in the day, this episode's title sequence and storyline mimics that of the 2000 sitcom Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, yeah. I got a huge kick out of that. It gave me a good laugh. Like seeing that intro, I was like, "This is fantastic! I love yeah. this." Yeah. So as soon as I saw that intro, I knew that there was they'd gone into the to to like late nineties, early two thousands um, yeah. era. Yeah. I did love that though. It was it was a nice little touch that they actually acknowledged like a show like Malcolm in the Middle. Mm. But anyway, so this one's pretty this one was a pretty interesting episode, but also not on the great side of things either. Which is weird because no. the the costumes that they actually dress up in are actually the original costumes from the comics, which is amazing. So that that's one that that's um, the Scarlet Witch costume from the comic books, as well as Vision's original design. Right, it's, it's weird to see them like that, but it is also kind of cool. I'm not sure how they would have costumes like that when they don't have no knowledge of them even being comic <laughs> characters. Yeah, what annoyed me in this episode? It, it well. It, it was kind of an accumulation of everything so far. I, I just found that the, the whole sitcom aspect's really starting to grate on me now. Yeah. I just, I just hate... I, well, hate's maybe strong, but I really don't like it. You strongly dislike it. Yeah, it just bores me. I, I can yeah. get that, yeah. Like, if it it's not feels, funny. Yeah. It's just... I'm just kind of thinking, oh, just come on, or, or just get to the good bits of what's happening outside. Or if if you are in the town, then do only look at do the bits that are actually interesting that yeah. link into the universe. Um, like yeah, Wonder I... was seriously getting on my nerves with how she's acting in like how American housewife does in an American sitcom. Yeah, and it's and I think it's. It's pretty bad writing. It's not funny. Uh, yeah, it was just. I just thought. I just wanted to groan. <laughs> it also sounded like you wanted to swear there, but I'm not going to let you because <laughs> I, I, I seem to recall a certain deadbeat saying there might be an intervention if that happens again. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so I I know what you mean. Like the whole sitcom aspect is sort of getting a little bit tiresome at the moment. Like the. Like they've done, you know, they've only done one episode that's essentially away from the whole the whole TV aspect, and mm. that was probably the strongest episode in the entire series for me so far. And it's like, yeah, this one was maybe a bit more fifty fifty. Yeah, they did have a lot more going on outside of the uh, the cosmic area. Let's uh, let's call it. Mm. Yeah. But there was far, like a lot of the focus was still set in this TV aspect moment and 
this is where we start to see a little I think it's where we start to see a little bit more of the the two, the two worlds converging a bit more, right? Yeah, yeah. So was it the Monica uh Monica goes through the barrier again? Or was yeah. It, yeah, and then because they say something about um it's the genetic makeup, right? Yeah, yeah, she's um well, later on she's told you really shouldn't be going back in there because of your you've been in once before and it like it's destroyed your well it's done something to your cells but, yeah, which isn't re- very good if I remember rightly what it's done is it's decomposed them and then re- recompiled them back together yeah uh, so it's it's altered the genetic makeup of her, of her DNA in somehow yeah which will be interesting to see later on down the line I think Mm, yeah, definitely. So we'll we'll could potentially see a certain Monica Rambeau possibly having powers. It's mm. maybe later on. So that could be like that's what I mean. Like when I mentioned earlier on that I think we'll get a lot more of the payoff in terms of the, with the Marvels for her story. I think that part might also play into that too. Mm. So we'll see what goes on when that movie comes out in a few years, I guess. But um, I'm trying to think what else happens in this one. So, well, is this where? It... Sorry, a, a lot of it's to do with Pietro and the two kids, like kind of messing around. Yeah, so Pietro. Town. Yeah, so Pietro's like taking them off, like at super speed, like doing ridiculous things at times. Like they're yeah, it's they're like playing, a bit, they're a playing pranks. On. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What this felt like to me is this really did feel like a Malcolm in the Middle episode where um. Why am I blanking on his name? Like the oldest brother comes back, he's at military school, and just any time he comes back, it's chaos. Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, is it Francis? I want to say Francis. No, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. I did yeah. watch Malcolm in the Middle, but I forgot. I, it's been a long time since I've seen it, so I, yeah. I'm blanking on names. But I'll, I'll have a look in a minute. But yeah, like it, it sort of felt like the Pietro was that character, and it's like, okay, we're just gonna let hijinks happen. And that's fine, hmm. but none but, of it was very funny. No, but and, and then <laughs> one that get one that gets kind of annoyed by it as well. Hmm. So, but so yeah, the, um, Vision becomes more um, suspicious in this episode. That's definitely a feature of this episode. Yeah, because he's barely around in this episode, is he? Well, no, he he like goes out. Um, is he like on some kind of? Neighborhood Watch, yeah, he's on Neighborhood no, Watch yeah, duty, isn't he? Yeah, he says that he's on Neighborhood Watch duties. Right? Yeah. So he, he he says he's got plans. So Wanda gets annoyed at him because he's apparently got plans and didn't tell her. Yeah. Uh, he then he says that he's on the Neighborhood Watch thing, but actually he's sort of going out and investigating something else. Mm. But we don't know what it is, I guess. And then Wanda sort of catches wind of it, I think. Because one of the one of the neighborhood watch guys says that he's not on neighborhood watch. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's more building conflict between Wanda and Vision, and I, like like I said, I like that aspect. I like them two actually having a bit of conflict because it gives the show a bit of teeth. Yeah. Whereas like it was all a bit too nicey beforehand, so it was quite. It's. I think there's an interesting storyline developing there. Hmm. Yeah, because yeah we. At the end of the last episode, something we didn't touch on, they do have a pretty heated argument 
yeah. where Vision like goes up into the levitation mode and yeah. he's shouting at her about asking her what she's doing. Yeah. And yeah, but she does. She doesn't really. All she just says is everything's under control. Yeah, um, and this is obviously where it comes into the fact that he then goes off and does his own thing. Yeah. And I thought it was odd how, because, yeah, as he roams the neighbourhood, you see there's a lot of people that are, like, stood like statues. Mm. Um, and... Oh, it, yeah. Yeah, it seems to me, like, if Wanda truly had control, she'd know that Vision is on neighbourhood watch and she'd be making sure that anyone who we might see is going to be in character. Yeah, but it sort of feel, it sort of once again feels like this whole TV aspect of it though, doesn't it? Where those yeah, yeah. Play, those players aren't they're not necessarily involved in the scripted moments. Yeah. So they're sort of expected to sort of just be in the background. And yeah. it's sort of sort of kind of like how it is in a video game where they just don't they don't become like active until you be- get into their vicinity so you just see them mm. standing there or like as it as it gets further and further out so you'll have the moment where they're all interacting with people you can hear them talking as you get a little further away from Wanda you can see them sort of just walking around just doing mm. chores but then as yeah. you get further and further out they're just standing there doing nothing mm. and then it comes well, to that it then comes to that point where he finds Agnes just in her yeah. car mm. just sitting there which yeah. is all very weird. Well, an, an, another theory I had would was that so because it's this isn't the first time that Vision has been on his own somewhere. Like he goes to work on his own, and his he went to like the neighborhood watch meeting um, yep. on his own. So to me, I was thinking, um, is as the series is progressing, and this like at this point, Wanda knows about what's happening outside. Mm-hmm. Um, is the whole stress of the situation meaning that she's gradually getting complacent, so to speak? Or, or she's or she's losing control of the whole situation? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that's it's why very, it's very vision, possible. Yeah, but it's but it's also possible that being the fact that he's a free, mostly free thinking individual, that he's actually strayed outside of the lines of where he's supposed to go. So hmm. Wanda, it's like Wanda has a specific path that he's supposed to go every time he go. Like he goes home, deals with hmm. the kids, does does all the the nighttime stuff, gets up in the morning, goes to work, then comes home. But he never strays away from that unless it's prearranged. And so the one time where something that was wasn't prearranged that comes up, she gets angry about it. Yeah. So it's sort of like she is controlling him at the same time. Yeah. So I, I, it's setting up like like I said, it's setting up a really interesting arc, but the delivery of the episodes, I just don't know if I'm enjoying. Yeah, that's that's it. It's yeah. There's like there's there's something there, but I just don't think it's fundamentally very entertaining. Yeah, I think that's the best word to put it. it uh, or, yeah, it's not entertaining. It's captivating, let's say. You know, it's it's intriguing enough. Like, it's giving you enough of a thread to pull on that it's, well, it's keeping you entertained, at least. Well, no, I wouldn't even go that far, to be honest. I wouldn't say it's... 
I, entertain I, him. <laughs> okay, I would to a certain degree because I'm liking the mystery around it, but the, yeah. the show, I do agree with you, the show angle is not an ideal one for me, and I'm not, I'm really not enjoying that aspect of it, but I'm enjoying the the certain little threads that we're, get, we're getting given, like having Pietro turn up but be a completely different actor. Uh, what uh, Vision going off by himself and trying to discover some of the mystery. Hmm. You know, I, I like those angles. And I think there's something bigger at play here. But I'm just not sure what it is. And I'm not sure how the TV angle plays into it at all. Yeah. And I hope so. they do address that. Because to me, the 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 hallmark of a good show is whether I'm looking forward to watching it that evening and so far it's more out of basically because we're doing this this podcast rather than anything else yeah I the first three episodes for me I felt exactly like that these next three episodes I was like okay I'm starting to get there Mm. and Rather than like watching one and then putting it down, I was sort of like, okay, I'm just gonna watch the next one. And then it got to the end of that, and I was just like, I just want to know the mystery. Go to the next one, and then I was like, now nah, I have to stop. Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it sort of feels like I want to watch more, but I'm not sure if I want to watch more. If you know what I mean. If we if we weren't doing it for this, I'm not sure I would have carried on. So I can get that angle of it for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think. I think you're enjoying it more than I am. I would probably say so, yeah. So we'll um, let's hope that the next three episodes are a lot more enjoyable for for you, and at least enjoyable for me as well. Because hmm. I'm still not understanding why people are turning around and saying this show is incredible, and I'm like, hmm. No, it's got, I, it's I got to obviously... pull some bangers out these last three episodes for me the, to, yeah. <laughs> There's got to be something there to make me really turn this around. And I'm I'm not saying I hate this and I'm not saying I love this. I'm just saying I'm middling on it at the moment. And I would say you're mm. probably a little bit less than middling. Yeah. So they've got to pull something out big time on these last couple of episodes. Otherwise, I'm not sure. Mm. All right. Cool. So I think that that's going to do us, isn't it? So do you yeah. want to let everyone know where they can follow the podcast and yourself? Yeah, um, we are at Neverwatchers on Twitter, and I am at Angry underscore Kurt on Twitter. Yeah, um, if you want to email us, it's NeverwatchersPodcast at gmail.com. I'm pretty sure I've got that one right this time. And if you wanted to follow myself on Twitter, it's at PeteBecky1, which is spelt B-E-C-K-E-T-T and the number one. So with that said, we're going to... We're going to close this episode out and we'll return for episode 30, which is the final three episodes of WandaVision, where we'll talk about those episodes and give a final rating for the actual series as a whole. So until then, we will speak to you next time. Bye. Bye.